Welcome to Spotlight and the third installment of our mini-series on the minds of millennials, where we talk to young professionals about various personal and cultural topics and how they apply to private equity. I'm Mina Tumai. And I'm Evie Rossman. In recognition of International Women's Day, today's episode looks at female representation and intersectionality within private equity. It also comes as McKinsey & Co data recently revealed that less than 1% of those who make up PE investment committees are women of colour. So we sat down with two influential figures from the diversity, equity and inclusion space in PE to tell us how the industry can empower women and support talent from underrepresented communities. First, we spoke to Devin Glenn, Global Head of DEI at Blackstone, who found her way into DEI after a career that started in financial law. My path into DEI is pretty nonlinear. I actually went to law school with every intent of becoming Sam Seaborn from the West Wing. Um, I'm dating myself, so I thought I would be a speechwriter. But like many, I found myself practicing in big law as a leverage finance attorney for many years. And while it became clear to me fairly quickly that I was not meant to be a leverage finance lawyer, I really did love the opportunity that the law firm gave me to engage with students who are interested in entering and navigating the law firm space. And somehow without much historic or familial connection to the industry, I figured out how to do good work, how to find mentors and sponsors within the organization. And it was actually one of those mentors who said to me that he was investing in me with the expectation that I would lift as I climbed and really pay it forward. And that advice combined with Thurgood Marshall's sentiments that the practice of law can and should serve as a tool for creating equity in society is what motivated me to take the step to dedicating my career to this work. And so after practicing for about six or seven years, I took a role full-time in the DEI space to help build out their DEI practice at the firm, first with a focus on recruiting, and then later with a focus on strategy and talent development as a DEI professional did that for 10 years before moving to Blackstone a year and a half ago to help build out the DEI practice here. We also spoke to Jordana Saman, Head of HR and Global Head of DEI at InvestCorp. Saman is based in Bahrain and says her route into DEI was driven by her passion to help others. So I've been working for 19 years and at the beginning I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then I realized that my passion and drive is people being able to make a difference on the way that people work, to be the change that people want to see in organizations, for them to want to get up and go to work or go to their desks if they're flexible working and want to be part of that organization inspires me. And InvestCorp was one of the organizations that you just wanted to work for. They had a great reputation. They were incepted on diversity. They had this inspiring story of one man's vision to change the private equity space on this side of the world. And today, we have 500 people from over 50 nationalities across 13 offices globally. So the opportunity to affect change was global and that resonated with me. And the world of finance has come a long way and has increased female representation across the board. And as a female, that was important to me. And I felt that firms that were embracing diversity and equity and inclusion were performing better. And I found that InvestCorp had clear leadership endorsement. So that was the drive that took me to InvestCorp, that I want to be part of an organization that cares, and the fact that they happen to be in the space is how I ended up in the industry. As PE is usually a white male-dominated space, it can be challenging for women, particularly women of color, to advance their careers. However, Saman feels optimistic about how the field is progressing. 
So if I look at sort of the progress that's been made over the past few years, I'm an optimist by nature and like to look at the positives and the obstacles that we have overcome in very male-dominated industries. This is a never-ending journey. It's not like we're going to get to a point and say now, okay, it's 50-50 men and women, so everything's great. That's not how it's going to go to go to intersectional. You're going to go to neurodiversity. So I feel quite encouraged by the progress that the industry has made. If it wasn't improving, if organizations didn't care, then Devin and I wouldn't be here in our roles today having this conversation with you about women in the industry. Glenn also believes the industry is moving forward, but argues that there's still a long way to go. Yeah, we have work to do. You know, we've seen progress when it comes to the representation of women and particularly white women, but there's definitely more work to be done, particularly when we look at the intersection of race and gender, or when we look even further at, you know, sexual orientation and disability and more. McKinsey did a study recently that I think said that globally women have achieved near parity at the entry level in private equity, which is great. But when we look kind of across the industry and across the life cycle, we're seeing the decline when we drill down on you know women in representation at the investor level and when we look across at the band at the more senior level. So that's something we are certainly focused on. But it's also been encouraging to me to see an increased focus on the intersection of race and gender and a recognition of the fact that women are not a monolith, that there is an intersection of identity. Glenn discusses the initiatives within Blackstone that aim to target and empower women of color, advancing the conversation across the industry. We are focusing more on women of color. Personally, that's something that is is very encouraging to me as a woman of color, as a black woman in the workplace and something that I've really tried to center in my work here at Blackstone. Last year, our women's initiative and the black community within our DPN chose to partner together for Women's History Month and Black History Month to focus on intersectionality and the issues that face black women pertaining to economic and social mobility, educational opportunity, career development and the like. They centered a a number of not-for-profits that are focused on doing that work. And we're continuing that this year by working on a a program to spotlight the story of Mimi Till Mosley through the lens of intersectionality and the representation of women in media. On a more personal level, Saman says she struggled when she was pregnant with her first child, as she felt she was treated differently than her colleagues. So I can tell you a personal anecdote previous to InvestCorp. When I first got married, and was having my first child, I saw a shift in the way that I was treated, what I was allowed to be a part of in terms of meetings, projects, things that were happening. And I felt, okay, so I've been completely isolated. There's an immediate bias on me because I happened to be somebody that was planning on having a family. So I found it hard. I actually felt quite isolated within myself. And the way that I overcame it was I actually spoke up. I just said, you are all under the assumption that because I am now pregnant, that suddenly I don't want to be a part of things or that I'm not going to be available. You need to ask. Um, I think we need to have an open conversation of how I'm feeling and why you feel that way. And to be fair to that team, they actually didn't realize that I was taking it in the negative. They thought they were doing me a favor by, you know, oh, we'll go easy on you because of this, rather than them realizing that I felt really isolated about it. So by me communicating and saying, hello, that's not really the reality, and them listening to me, 
we then found a way to work together and I got to be back on projects that I wanted to be on. It was on my terms. I was lucky that they were also quite flexible, but it was, again, just that unconscious bias that people had. I immediately thought that they were doing it because they didn't want me to be a part of it. They thought I didn't want it. And just by having open communication, we sorted it. Despite this bias, Saman believes things have moved in a positive direction since her experience. I do believe more women are speaking up about it, for sure. I think that companies are realizing that just because a woman wants to have, or a parent wants to have a child, that that doesn't mean, number one, suddenly they're just going to switch off, and number two, that they're suddenly not going to come back to work. A lot of firms that I speak to, other counterparts, have increased their parental leave, and Corp is one of them as well. We've increased above statutory across all our global offices. We are also having more conversations with women to ask them what do they need. And it does change, right? It's, it is a big step in a person's world when they are expanding on their family. And it does require some flexibility from organizations. But I do think that it comes back to people needing to speak up about what they need. We can't assume that companies are going to know or that teams are going to understand if, number one, they haven't been through it. And number two, if we want to be equitable, Each person is going to have um, a different experience. We've had our own experiences and because of what happened to me previously and because of conversations we've had with other women, we actually ask people that are going on parental leave today, do you want to be contacted whilst you're on leave? If people are taking six months to a year off, do you want to be part of all staff emails? Do you want to still be part of deal team meetings? If they say yes, great, we'll include you. If they say no, that's absolutely fine. But we've got to give them the option. We can't just assume that that's it. They all want to be excluded or that they will still want to be included. So having the equitable part of that, I think, is really important. To make a difference, firms must change their attitude regarding DE&I. And one way to do this is through company-wide programs. Glenn discusses some of the female and people of colour focused initiatives created to drive change within and beyond Blackstone. So we've piloted recently a women's leadership forum for high performing women at the midpoint in their career in recognition of the fact that while we continue to do the work to ensure that we have a broader bench of women at the senior levels, we want to make sure we're providing resources and support and a cohort to the women at the more junior and midpoint of their career that they can leverage the benefits of that network while we continue to do the longer term work. So very excited about that program. And then we have the support of our women's initiative through our affinity network members who are focused on providing resources and networking and leadership opportunities to women at the early stage of their career through mentorship and training opportunities and also throughout their career as well. So I talked a little bit about what we're doing within Blackstone to support women and other underrepresented groups within our own organization. But one of the things that I find really attractive about doing this work in private equity in particular is that we're able to leverage the benefits of a a very deep, broad bench of portfolio companies as well. So with over 250 portfolio companies and something like 12,000 real estate assets in our portfolio alone, we have a tremendous opportunity to drive change beyond just Blackstone. And we're focused on doing that both from the top down and looking at the bottom up as well. With our board diversity target, we're looking at how we can affect change at the top of organizations with a firm-wide mandate to target one-third diverse representation on our portfolio company boards for new control investments in the U.S. and Europe. 
Saman agrees that recruitment is important, and that's why InvestCorp has created an initiative to find and retain more diverse candidates. I think areas that organizations can do better is with recruitment. Are organizations making that extra effort to find diverse candidates? And when you find them, are you retaining them? So I can tell you, um, for us at InvestCorp, for example, we wanted to ensure that more women were coming into the pipeline. And at InvestCorp, we have a 50% shortlist recruitment policy. So your final shortlist must be a split 50-50 of diverse candidates. Now, diversity means different things to different teams. So we intentionally didn't want to have quotas. It was looking for a diverse group of talent. And since we've done that, we have seen a positive increase in our female population over the last two years. We've gone from 29% to 35% across all levels. Training is another area that must be prioritized, says Saman. Another challenge I think that is quite prevalent is teams not being on board with the idea of diversity. So companies could know that it's quite important and serious and the most senior level members of the organization can see it, but not within the teams. And a way that organizations can overcome this is on training, training and your messaging. Focus on coaching your people to understand, number one, the challenges that women face. Number two, on the importance of diversity and how successful diverse teams are. At InvestCorp, we do DEI training for all employees. We hold unconscious bias workshops and we have specific trainings for leaders on how to be more inclusive. The more we talk about challenges, the more women are open about what they feel is a difficulty, the more I think organizations will try to find a way for it not to be so much of a challenge. When asked what advice they would give to a young professional from an underrepresented community trying to break into private equity, both Glenn and Saman encourage dreaming big and thinking beyond societal restrictions. Think big um, and not take yourself out of the game too early. You know, I think so many of us look at what's possible only by reference to what we see ahead of us. You know, something I hear a lot of times in the DEI space, and, and I think it is true to an extent, is you can't be what you can't see. But we have to, right? We have to be able to think bigger and imagine ourselves in those seats while we, folks like myself in the organization, do what we can to create those spaces and to create those opportunities. We need younger women to have big dreams about what's possible for themselves. So that would probably be my best advice. Like Glenn, Saman believes women should not be afraid to stand up for themselves. My advice would be go for it. Right. We are now at a place in time where millennials are making up the majority of the workforce and we all have very similar mindsets and we've all sort of we're a lot more diverse as individuals than we ever were 50, 60 years ago in all of our jurisdictions. Right. I'm talking just globally across the world. So I think go for it. Don't be afraid to speak up. Don't make assumptions. I think that's the that would be my biggest advice to individuals across all ages. We need to stop making assumptions and go in with the mindset that the person on the other side of the table, or the other side of the room, or the other side of the screen really has good intentions. If we stop looking at everything on the negative, you know, it's very easy to go, oh, well, they're going to think I'm a woman. And so they're not going to, you know, treat me equally and they're not going to give me the good deals and they're not going to. No, go in. I am part of this team, I have a voice, I deserve to be here, and you do. If you've made it through the door, you deserve to be there. I think that would be my thing. Just go for it. In order to evoke proper, meaningful change, Glenn agrees an intersectional reform needs to take place within all levels of a firm. 
You know, I think intersectional reform, to use your term, should start at every level, right? Um, of course, including at the board and management teams, like we talked about with our board diversity initiative, but it should encompass everything we've spoken about today, both leveraging that top-down, bottom-up approach to drive career mobility and inclusive workplaces and work practices and deploying our resources at scale, and also making sure that we are thinking about the nuances and the intersection of race and gender and sexual orientation when we think about our internal business practices as well and the mobility and advancement opportunities for underrepresented talent. We will only be able to create solutions that address the unique needs of the various constituents within our organizations if we are willing to take that kind of nuanced, specific approach. And then I think ensuring that all of our employees as individuals have access to those resources and the opportunities to collaborate and demonstrate allyship across lines of identity. Saman says the most important way to improve the industry is for each company to reflect inwards and make positive changes towards inclusivity. I think private equity companies are in a unique position to drive the conversation and make positive change cascade knowledge across numerous companies in geography. You can speak to your GPs, work with portfolio companies. We have an opportunity to infiltrate across. So I think that it's got to be bottom up, top down. I would say that one of my biggest pieces of advice when it comes to this and looking at reform and starting uh, wherever you are on this journey is that you're in competition with yourself. It's very easy, and I've seen it, you know, in, in other conversations where people would say, you know, the diversity, equity, inclusion world is hard. I'm a little bit worried on how to approach it. You know, people are so much further on the journey than we are. Well, what I could say is start with yourselves, look at yourselves. You are only in competition with yourselves. But if you can improve your own organization and year on year do better, then collectively we will all do better. It's just about starting somewhere. But I think the more that we talk about it, the more that we have open conversations like we are today, the more people realize that organizations are doing this because they want to be better. And the only way they can be better is if people talk about it, if we talk to each other, if we have open dialogue, if you're authentic, it's all about being real. You've got to really mean what you say. That again was Devin Glenn from Blackstone and Jordana Saman from InvestCorp. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts or at any of PEI Group's various titles online. I'm Evie Russman. And I'm Mina Tumai. Stay tuned for our upcoming fourth episode of On the Minds of Millennials, where we'll hear from unique millennial voices about the trends and challenges shaping private equity. See you next time.